0: Hello, and welcome to the She's Friendly Podcast. My friend Anna Hull joins me for this episode. We talk about our meet-cute, making eye contact with your neighbors, listening as a form of friendliness, the thrill of back-to-school shopping, Virgo season, and other things from the September 1st newsletter. Please enjoy. Hi, everyone. Anna is with us today. Do you mind sharing with everyone who you are?
1: Who I am? Yes.
0: My name is Anna
1: Hull. I currently live in Brooklyn, New York. I am an astrologer, a yoga teacher, and dancer.
0: I know it's not part of your bio or intro, but do you want to try to remember how we met?
1: Yes, I do because I've been thinking about it a lot in preparation for this. Um, and something I like to do also is like remember the very like minute details in effort to bring a full picture for dramatic effect mm. of when I'm storytelling. So <laughs> I, yeah, I remember we met in the summer of 2017, right? Mm-hmm. And we were dancing together at the Gaga intensive in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that we were roommates there cause I lived in a hostel, but actually we did not. You lived in your own really fancy, nice apartment. You were subletting or Airbnb or something. And I was in the hostel, but we met on like the first day of classes mm-hmm. and then we became inseparable.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember meeting you not like in full detail, but I remember you beginning it because I think I was feeling very nervous and like not sure that I was where I was meant to be as in not like logistically, like I knew I was sitting in the right <laughs> spot. But I guess when I was just like, should I have done this? But yeah, I remember you starting it and I, I was just like, this is where I need to go. Um, this is exactly the person I need to be around for the rest of the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And one thing I remember, we kind of did everything together, Mm -hmm. being in the city and eating food and traveling around. But I have actually a specific record in my journal about this, that we were in two separate groups. Like there was a morning group and an afternoon group. So for the first part, we were in separate groups, but then I switched to your group. And it was the most rebellious. I was like, I thought as if like, I was some sort of crazy rebel for switching from the morning group to the afternoon group, not a single person cared or noticed really. But I do remember. And I wrote down that I, in fact, switched to the other group to be so that we could dance together. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It was, it was what needed to happen. And yeah. it was great. When I think back on that time, mostly I remember us on the beach. We were on the beach multiple times a day and we would make these like little um, shell installa- art installations. And we were really serious about it. We weren't really just like <laughs> lounging and tanning. Like we were making art in the sand and we were like getting into the water and getting really sandy and then going to dance. And it was just really intense fun. I actually recall you leaving articles of clothing. You like you know, you left a pair of pants or shorts on the beach and that you didn't have anything to dance in. I remember you leaving socks in pla like were uh, you were always kind of losing clothes. And yeah, you were like, I, I need to offer you a pair of socks because you don't or like I have actually, to find shorts. Yeah. And then you bought new shorts. There was a lot of buying of clothes to replace clothes left on the beach.
0: I didn't have I didn't I didn't own a pair of shorts like, solidly didn't own a pair, because I um didn't think they looked good on me. Mm-hmm. Just um, I also think, because, like, maybe three people told me I didn't look good in, in shorts once, and I was like, okay, right. Heard. I'll do this again. But I remember everyone was wearing those, like, basically they look like diapers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And yeah. I have them still. They're like in a box They're somewhere. Green,
1: right? They're like greenish.
0: Yes. I. You
1: bought them at a market and I was like, I got to get me a pair of those diaper shorts too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I still have them somewhere. I think about them, but I'm like, they actually weren't that comfortable. But they looked very cool at the time. Very cool. I think I ate the same thing every day there.
1: We did. Yeah
0: it was affordable that way.
1: It was, and it was delicious.
0: They have good fruit. They have good veg.
1: <laughs> good good hummus too. <laughs> but do you remember when we had to cap it? I distinctly remember you and I were like, we are calling it on hummus at this moment because we were eating like bowls of it with a spoon. And yeah. we were at a restaurant and we got hummus and we were like, I think this is gonna be the end because we just can't eat any more hummus by the
0: spoonful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't I didn't think that was gonna happen, but it did. I do remember, I remember the restaurant. I also think because sadly we went to that restaurant and I think I think I think we were both trying not to ever spend money. And that one was more expensive than we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And we were like, and that will end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the hummus. That also, you know, that also makes for a really great travel partner. Like, friendship is someone who is at the same, like, financial goal of vacation or trip as you. And, like, having a partner who does not want to spend money is really beneficial because you do a lot of walking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I you're remember- both
1: okay with it. Yeah, we
0: walked everywhere. I We
1: never took any form of tra- transportation or car. No, or bike. We true. I mean, we truly walked the whole time we were there.
0: I, I wish that I'd actually stayed in the hostel with you and the rest of the dancers. I was in that Airbnb with a lesbian couple and their dog mm-hmm. and it was fine. It was good. It worked for me. But I feel like the stories that you came out of it with, I was like, um, those sound bad, but I kind of want to see it in real life. <laughs>
1: My number one, like remembering being in a hostel, I was in a room with, it was a room for eight people, which now in retrospect is pretty crazy. So there was eight of us girls in the intensive on bunk beds together. Mm -hmm. And then I stayed later than the program in the hostel. And once all of the dancers left, it became filled with all men on birthright. And they were all from Boston. Oh, So now I'm sharing a room <laughs> with seven men from Boston. And that was that was a really that was my experience in the hostel took a sharp downturn. Yeah. And so I wish you would have been there with me because at least if you were there, it would have been comical.
0: Were the bunk beds set up so that they were kind of facing one another in this way where if you sat up, you'd be looking into the eyes of the person <laughs> across. from you? <laughs> yeah, that's
1: exactly right because space efficiency, they were just like next to each other and stacked. So if you both sat up at the same time, you would just both be looking at each other. And the girl who I had the opportunity to look into her eyes, she FaceTimed her boyfriend a lot. And it was like very intimate conversation. But I was also just a part of that (laughs) because I was right there with them in the bottom bunk. So
0: I'm surprised you didn't put up like little blanket blinders but I like how you've just kept it <laughs> kept it going
1: limited limited f- sheets at the hostel you know <laughs> we get assigned a certain amount so you got to use them
0: uh-huh okay
1: but that was yeah that was when we first met in tel aviv mhm
0: mhm
1: always full of stories i am i try to collect as much entertaining tidbits to share
0: I would also say like you're really good at seeing more than what is there. And so oftentimes when you're describing things, it is more than it could have been. Even if it was like you describing a cup
1: on a Mm -hmm. table,
0: I feel like the way that you tell story is like nothing could have happened and it's still captivating and funny. You are a pretty funny person.
1: I, I've heard that before.
0: (laughs) And I think it's,
1: I think the way that you describe that as like me picking up on more details is a really, it's a big part of it because my goal in storytelling is to transport you there as much as possible. We haven't really seen each other in person in many years.
0: We had ramen in New York.
1: We had ramen in New York. And I think that was in 2018. So one year after.
0: We are pen pals.
1: We are pen pals. That was, that's the, the meat of our friendship, I think
0: yeah I've been pen pals before but I think we're a different type we're a different type of like very effective and deep pen pal I sometimes like will go back and read our emails just to see like what was the transition we were moving through because they're really detailed and i like I like that I appreciate it I think we both brought it
1: <laughs> we really brought it. And it's like, yeah, there's parts of my life that I didn't remember until I reread our emails. And I'm like, wow, I was really pouring every detail mm-hmm. of my transition to New York.
0: Yeah, that's how we are. That's how we met.
1: That's how we are. That's who we are
0: as <laughs> friends. Can I ask you some she's friendly questions? Yeah. Okay. First one What does it mean to you to be friendly?
1: I think I. I am just in general, a friendly person. And I think about it a lot more because I work in hospitality also in New York, in like fine dining. And that is a field that requires friendliness,
0: Mm.
1: like extreme friendliness. And I am good at performing friendliness because I have to. And I think what friendliness means to me is being present with Mm. another person. In a really like true and authentic way and being friendly, like really listening to the frequency, the energy of another person rather than just kind of talking at or like just being there. Just really, um, I think listening is really friendly, like truly listening Mm -hmm. and it's not so easy.
0: When you're identifying like the difference between, I think, just your nature of being friendly and then the performance of being friendly. Do both of them feel authentic or connected? Like, is there a difference?
1: Mm, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I mean, I think it's easy to I mean, maybe it's not easy for some people to perform. friendly. I think it, that's probably also challenging. I'm thinking of myself in working at the restaurant and mm-hmm. like not feeling so friendly all the time. But I often do feel quite happy and good around people. So when I'm not feeling that, it's easier for me to tap into a place of like just be being with other people and knowing that that is in a way friendly.
0: It sounds like um like the well is already full. Like you're Mm -hmm. even if you're feeling unfriendly, you have something to like dip into. Yeah. I find it really hard to be friendly sometimes Mm -hmm. because of sometimes my own access to joy. Mm-hmm. But I think I know what you mean. Sometimes when I perform friendliness and I'm connecting with someone and and I'm listening and actually remembering, it will make me feel more more genuinely and authentically friendly.
1: This is making me realize that you know we often like describe someone as friendly as like nice. We associate it with happiness and perhaps joy but it doesn't inherently be like I think being friendly is just being in space and like listening talking trusting someone else and like holding that space for another person so maybe it gets this like preconceived idea of happiness the hard thing to, is to slow down to slow down enough to like be in a really authentic place with someone like how how are you the slowness of taking the time to like wave to someone on the street or like make eye contact you have to like get out of yourself and into a space where you can like reach Mm -hmm. out and connect to another person so there's like a slowing down that has to happen that doesn't have to be happy or joyful
0: Mm -hmm. i know what you mean i like that a lot does it affect your identity yes
1: yes I think I feel friendly and I think people think of me as friendly Mm -hmm. and I want to be more friendly. I think it's something that I strive to. I have actively made a choice as I walk down my street. I work and I live on the same street, so I walk from my apartment to my work and I pass a lot of the same people, Mm -hmm. older people sitting on there stoops Mm -hmm. and i make it like a very strong point to stare at them until they look at me so that i can smile at them i want to acknowledge them i pass them every day there that becomes so important to me to be quote unquote friendly but in that acknowledging someone else's presence where maybe they just get passed throughout the day i don't know if this is answering the question of do i does it affect my identity but i think probably yes
0: the sort of the issue with that question is you end up talking about it anyway I might end up changing the question in the future because it's so inherent in all of the answers Mm -hmm. when I moved to Los Angeles I remember making a choice that when I would choose to step outside of my house that I would actively like keep my eyes up I mean obviously I'm I'm also just like a city walking person, so I always have to look down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I um, was like, I'm going to meet people's eyes. I'm going to say hello, and I'm going to see what they're doing. Whatever they need, I want to meet them. Mm -hmm. I think where I'd gotten to when I was living in the Bay was I was like, when I step outside, I'm a version of armor where I'm not going to be available. I'm never Mm -hmm. going to be available, and I'm only getting from point to point to point. And I'm keeping myself as an enclosed capsule, like mm-hmm. getting myself there. It's hard to make the choice every day in a way for me, but it feels immediately different. And it's more gratifying. Yeah. Even if no one is on my walk, I have approached doing something with more like openness or vulnerability. And I think practicing it in such a low stakes environment, yeah. it it makes me feel good. It makes me feel stronger and better for the next time that I maybe do interact with someone. Um, Yeah. Okay. So when do you feel authentically friendly?
1: I think I kind of touched on this earlier, but it's when I allow myself to slow down with another person. I think we move quite quickly and we interact with a lot of people and a lot of people's content. And we feel like we know people and in a kind of like very, um, maybe arbitrary way or like peripheral peripherally with people. But when I get to be with someone and like slow down enough to kind of tune into their frequency, like, yeah, kind of like you said, what do they need? That is when I feel most friendly and most connected to people is being able to like, yeah, remember something that happened to them last week and ask them about that. Or also just
0: Mm.
1: it helps me feel like I know someone energetically and not just like the facts of their life but how they how they tell a story or how they take up space or what they need that makes me feel like a good friend Mm. friendly person
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. can you share a story of when you were recently friendly or unfriendly
1: yes this is kind of a story of when i was when someone was recently friendly to me Mm. and i had a hard time thinking of a story and then it kind of came to me yesterday but i recently went to a kind of boutique here in brooklyn that's like also a cafe and i was looking to speak to someone the owner about something um like a collaboration and she wasn't there but there was a girl who was like working behind the coffee counter she was like just sit down maybe she'll come maybe she won't but you can just sit down and have coffee and so I did and this girl was very nice and we just chatted for like an hour and a half mm. and about life in New York and um, then we connected and went out for drinks and we both talked about making new friends at this age of, you know, late 20s. It's interesting to because we don't often like talk about it but i you know i've been in new york for many years i have my circle of people who are mostly dancers people mostly i either work with or went to school with so we have something that connects us is like our midpoint and she grew up here so she has many friends family and the we talked about the act of like making a new friend of reaching out to someone that you just met and it was really kind of beautiful and organic and like yeah we're now friends, and we just decided to be friends because we just met and we really connected and mm-hmm. had a yeah a very friendly interaction that had there was really there's nothing that holds us together. I mean, we have things in common, but there's not one like we worked together, we went to school together, we don't know any mutual friends, but we just kind of came together. I think you know that was very friendly and feels in line with this kind of because we were able to both really slow down and just connect in a very authentic way no you know low stakes but also nothing holding us together in that way
0: yeah we've briefly emailed about making friends and how difficult it is Mm -hmm. and i'm i still i'm still trying to make friends and i had a recent interaction that feels really similar like atmospherically to what you're saying where I've connected with someone and it was just like time went by. Like we slowed down and then we stayed with one another and we were just talking. I think that the piece for me that is difficult is when I leave kind of like the, the world we built. It's like the ground of the, like the soon to possibly be friendship. I think I start overthinking and I'm like, was that just meant to be this beautiful one off mm. just like entangled friendly moment or should we really be friends i am curious did the manager ever come back and did you talk to them
1: yeah that's that's a good question she uh she came and we briefly talked and then we have not connected <laughs> in the way that I wish we had, but I I'm trying to, you know, I've recently started my business. And so I'm trying to temper my energy of how much I'm putting out and how much I'm conserving. So I'm deciding at the moment that my energy is not meant for that at this moment. So um, Mm -hmm. she did come. We briefly, but you know what blossomed more importantly out of this whole trip to this store was my new friendship.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I, I have, I really like that. Um, What do you want to talk about from the September 1st newsletter?
1: I have a lot that I want to talk about. I'm going to give it to you in an organized outline so as to make sure we touch on all of these points. But I want to talk about Virgo season, obviously, Mm -hmm. and back to school, which goes into Virgo season. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was skimming over the newsletter one last time, and I do want to talk about taking pictures with your first digital camera as well, because I think these all kind of go very nicely together. And they're um, something that I have opinions on.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: Let's start with the camera. Okay. Because when I read that, I thought of the first digital camera that my sister and I shared was actually my grandfather's. He was an artist and it like very may well have been the first digital camera like to circulate it was so old and it was so heavy it was easily comparable to a brick and this the screen was so tiny and just like to hold it up and take a photo you had to have like a lot of forearm strength you know Mm -hmm. to be like a seven year old holding this huge brick camera and when the tiny screen which was like so like the size of those mini post-it notes like that was the screen and when you take a photo it would like um how is this word it doesn't just appear on the screen but it kind of like as if it's scrolling down to reveal the photo it was like very exciting for my sister and i and the reason why i want to talk about this is to talk about what you're taking photos of i think is like with your first digital camera you're maybe like i don't know seven to thirteen Maybe younger. There's not much, you're not partying, you're not going out, you're sitting at home. So, (laughs) all of our photos were were of our backyard leaves, flowers, dolls, and so many pictures of our cats just cats in the window, cats walking, cats sleeping, Mm -hmm. me with the cat. And that is just early digital camera memories.
0: My first digital camera that was just mine was, I think. Uh, in either 7th or 8th grade and you're right there's not much you're doing and you're also (laughs) doing a lot of like self building um, Mm, mm. and comparison and testing I feel like I'm glad those photos were digital because they were absolutely shit (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember hanging out with a friend and we were like outside at night and we had our our digital camera, and we just took pictures of all the snails that had come out at night. Mm. Um, there were a lot more than you'd think. Good footage, if you ask me. Other photos are really just like, you're, you're doing something with a friend that day, and it's not even very special. You just happen to have the camera with you, so you just mm-hmm. take some photos. Mm-hmm. I think all of that sort of changed... When Facebook became a way of like kind of showcasing what you had done that weekend mm-hmm. and every Monday or Tuesday, like your a group of people out there <laughs> from your high school would like upload like 40 pictures from what they did that weekend. And they were awful pictures, but it was like proof in the way that I think social media really functions now that you like did something.
1: But I think what's so sweet about that versus where we are now with like social media is there was like an eventizing of what you like inherently what we were doing was not that exciting, but we made it exciting. Like, you know, there were potentially costumes involved or at mm. least next oh, level always. outfits just yeah. for these photos that I think is maybe different now. But I do, I do recall that time um
0: weird stuff yeah
1: virgo season Mm -hmm. and i i'm so glad i'm your september guest because i think we share a mutual affinity for virgo season you being a virgo me being a virgo rising
0: Mm.
1: i love love i just love virgos in general as people and as a sign you know being an astrologer i talk about virgos a lot why 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 do you like Virgo season besides your birthday
0: when i was growing up i didn't have much understanding of the zodiac signs other than in the magazines that i subscribed to so like just for teens and in the back it would be like this is a short summary of like what you can expect and they were very generic but i mm-hmm. i really liked it it is something like i felt hungry for and i bought like additional books to learn more about like what each zodiac sign tells you about someone. I wasn't, Mm -hmm. it was different back then. It wasn't about like necessarily remembering it. It was just like having it as a reference close to you, but also to figure out like, again, like who am I? Does this really define me? Cause there are all these little things at that age where you're trying to figure out why do I like, why do I react the way I do? Why do I speak the way I do? Why do I, move through space the way I do. Um, And is any of it changeable or is it coming from the zodiac sign or is it because I was born in the year of whatever? I don't know. And I think specifically for Virgos, maybe at that time, maybe still, it was just really always stereotyped as someone who is maybe not fun and hyper-organized. It just made me feel not good. It didn't make me feel like I was the the person you wanted to be friends with, mm-hmm. but I hugely benefit or benefited. I guess I still do from being a Virgo or being publicly identified that way. Um, I think being told that I was organized made me one more organized, but two, just more aware of how I could like utilize this skill and how it felt because it feels good, at least for me, to feel that way. And so I, I think in the beginning, like relating back to your question, it's like. I didn't like it in the beginning. I I felt like people were saying it in a bad way. Now I really like it. When I f- look at it in my mind, the feeling of it within me, it makes me feel very good. Whatever it means to everyone else it doesn't matter, and mm. I feel very seen by the season. But yeah, it's it's complicated. I don't know much about I don't know much about myself when it comes to zodiac. I know that I'm Virgo. Scorpio Rising and Libra Moon but I think I kind of lost some of the original passion that I had behind it
1: yeah I think Virgo season is great it's and that's I think it is the ultimate like back to school time which is why I love it and you know thinking of Virgo as like this more organized pulling the energy back to a certain place is very like fall back to school Mm -hmm. reset kind of ending of whatever wild summer energy be it a lot of traveling or just like chaotic spread out energy virgo season always really just pulls it back in Mm -hmm. and i appreciate it for that
0: i do like the the transition whether you are actually going to school or not it calls forth like here's a time to move into something else yeah and here is a time to maybe apply a structure that you didn't have for the last 3 months. Yeah. And you can critically apply that or like just go in. But I think like I said in the newsletter, I appreciate this season and how it it asks for change compared to January mm-hmm. and the fresh slate. Like I think it requires that you pull in all this Not old, but all this stuff that you carry with you to either look at it or to reorganize it or or actually like, you know, donate the bits that don't work to be able to go forward to actually transition.
1: Um, What are you what were your feelings around like back to school shopping in the in school Mm. days? So I, I have strong memories and feelings of this time. I remember just being so, it was like my Super Bowl back to school mm-hmm. shopping. Like, I think people are like, yeah, it's fun. Like, I don't going, preparing for a new year of school and like getting the list of school supplies. Like, oh, yeah. I was on like a, just a high of life mm-hmm. at that point, like getting, sitting down, thinking about what I'm going to buy. Then the act of going to my heaven on earth staples
0: Mm, i love staples
1: i recently went there you know here in brooklyn it's kind of hard to get to i had to travel quite far but the walking in and smelling like the the smell of staples it was like a drug into my body it's and i told a sales associate that and they thought i was crazy but they also thought it was like the funniest thing they'd ever heard and i was like it's really true and then just being able to be like okay i've got my list we're going to get our supplies. Like that is such a Virgo like feeling like -hmm. we're going to get ready and I get to curate. Like, you know, I don't have a lot of control at this age of like making friends. You know, a lot about school is really out of your control and how people perceive you. But color coordinating your school supplies is something that you can absolutely control.
0: Yeah. I do remember the list. I like that teachers were like, sometimes they got way too specific, but I yeah. liked that they were like, and you need to get this box to put your pencils in. Mm-hmm. I mean, now I'm like, it seems hard. Do, do they really need the box? But I loved picking out a backpack. Mm. I, I remember going and being like, this one is outgoing enough, mm. but also will match all my outfits that mm. I'm putting together in my head. Very um,
1: quickly, putting all those outfits together to pick out that backpack.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then later being like, I don't need a backpack. I'm just going to bring like mm. a bag
1: mm-hmm.
0: and hurt my It's shoulder. risky.
1: It's risky because you have so much to carry.
0: I didn't have a locker. So there was a lot to do in that bag. And I was not the kind of person that wore backpacks low. Luckily, I had enough friends around me who also wore them high. So it didn't look so dweeby. But, like, I really cared about my back. Health. Yeah,
1: the, the, low, the people with the low backpacks, I would like to check in with their spinal structure now.
0: Honestly, how are See you doing today? Doing, Buy yeah. an ergonomic chair. A stat.
1: <laughs> if you wore a low backpack in middle or high school, you better be supporting your lumbar right now. We, we had lockers. In, okay. Well, not in high school because I went to boor- boarding school, but in in middle school we had lockers and it was a very big deal. I mean, decorating the locker like you know, yeah, the whole thing was like everyone wanted a top locker because oh. you wanted to be like on you know TV. They're standing, they're flirting, you all all the actions happening at the locker. I inherently always had the bottom locker. I'm like five one. I mean, in middle school I was even smaller. They're like, no way, we're giving this girl a top locker. <laughs> So I I always, always had the bottom locker. I'm just down on my knees in middle school, just rummaging around like a little rat. There was nothing. I was going to get no flirtatious vibes from being down there. So
0: I was always curious about bottom lockers because it just seems really tough. And you have to coordinate with your your top locker a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. In the in TV shows, it looks like it's it's simple. It's easy. You just open that thing and then your crush shows up and you like, yeah. you talk about each other.
1: And you've got a picture of someone in your locker or like, yeah, you yeah. know, I, I remember the always above me. It had something to do about the way our last names lined up and the way that they assigned the lockers. But I was always below the wrestlers. Oh, And, you know, <laughs> middle school boy wrestlers is not someone you want to be below on the locker chain. They're very messy, very um, not coordinated. A lot of things got dropped on my head. Mm-hmm. I do have strong recollection of that relationship in middle mm-hmm. school.
0: Not a fan. Can't tell you I'm a fan.
1: No, I I just kind of
0: got through it.
1: But pre, you know, before school started, the all the back to school energy was really, really exciting. The fresh pencils, the fresh loose leaf paper. Need I say more?
0: Um, I feel like I didn't get the opportunity to ask you about Virgo season.
1: Um the sign of Virgo is I just think, you know, being an astrologer, I think. Do describe it in great detail often, but it is an earth sign and it's a movable earth sign. So there's some signs that are like fixed and some that are initiating. And Virgo is the earth sign that transitions. So it is kind of evolving and ebbing and flowing, but it's like this solid ground of earth. Um, so it's responsible for filtering. It's like the sign that filters and purifies in the zodiac, Um, so that's why it's deemed as very organized and systematic. Mm. I think that's like the general generalization of like you're very organized and you like systems, and but it's really like a purification of like information. And I describe it as um, the people who are Virgos as alchemists because they can kind of turn a bulk of information and into something distilled and useful.
0: Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? And is there anything that you want to share or plug for people to engage with?
1: Sure. Like I said at the beginning, I'm an astrologer and I recently launched my astrology practice full time. Um, so you can find me on the Instagram. Uh, my username is Anna dot ground and space. And my Practice is called ground in space. And in the fall, coming soon, I'll be launching a moon mapping guide how to use the lunar phases for intention setting, productivity, and like how to kind of better understand the energy of the moon. I'm working on recording eight meditations that will go with it as well. Mm. So that will be coming soon, probably in October ish. And then I will also be starting a virtual. Cosmic yoga class weekly, astrology and yoga mm-hmm. practice together, so that we can practice yoga but also practice astrology and not just think about it but do it. Do yeah. it. Um, so that'll all be coming in the fall, and you know if you're interested, it's all going to be on
0: Instagram. Okay, I'll put links there for cool. people to find you. This has been an episode of the She's Friendly podcast and I'm Courtney King. You can subscribe to the newsletter at cheesefriendly.substack.com, and find me on Instagram at FJK. Thank you for reading, and thank you for listening.